The Voice by LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. Queer, queer, queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice of queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual and I'm coming to you on Boonarong land and I would like to acknowledge and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And my name's Bailey, I'm coming to you from Wamba Wamba and Parepa Parepa land, and my pronouns are they, them, and I'm queer and non-binary, and I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, past, present, and future, and recognize the lands we're on are unceded lands. Um, if you want to reach out to us after the show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N-Loud, or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also check out our podcasts, like this podcast and any of our previous podcasts on any of your major streaming services like Omi, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to tune in live, you can head to sin.org.au. Um, or 90.7 FM at 3pm on Sundays however this is our last show for the year so um, we'll have summer programming but uh, it might be slightly different to um, hearing Liz and I on the airwaves so thank you all so much for listening to us this year we've had an absolute blast and I hope you enjoy our final show we've absolutely loved it so we appreciate you all listening in yeah, um, but coming up on the show, um, it's going to be a bit more looser. Like we have obviously our news for the week. Um, then we're going to be getting a bit into what happened yesterday, uh, the, Queer Sol- the Queer Solidarity Film Festival, talking a little bit about that and the movies from it. And then we're just going to be having a bit of a bit of an end of 2021 wrap, just sort of talking about just the year, our favourite moments, our least favourite moments, things upcoming for Christmas, just a bit of a big, just like, I don't know, amalgamation of different topics. <laughs> um, and then, of course, our Froth or Not, jumping into our news for the week. In Gay News this week, um, 10 sound recordings with cultural, historical and aesthetic significance have been added to the Sounds of Australia Library for 2021. Um, Sounds of Australia is a database um, that collects historical um, sounds about the country. And this year's inductees include the National Apology to the Stolen Generations, um, the most successful Australian song of the 2010s, a beloved 1980s film soundtrack and a pioneering LGBTQIA plus radio program. Established in 2007, The Sounds of Australia is the NFSA's selection of sound recordings which inform or reflect life in Australia. Each year, the Australian public nominates new sounds to be added with final selections determined by a panel of industry experts. There are now more than 160 sounds in the complete Sounds of Australia list. The radio show is called Gay Waves and it was by Gay Waves Collective um, and it features an interview with Dennis Altman and Marg McCann. Um, Gay Waves was Sydney's first gay and lesbian radio program. It was considered groundbreaking when it went to air on 2SERFM in November 1979 at a time when homosexual acts between consenting adults were still illegal in New South Wales. Initially broadcast as a half-hour pre-recorded program on Wednesday evenings, Gay Wave shifted to Thursdays in early 1980 and was soon extended to a three-hour live weekly broadcast. 
The program covered everything from HIV AIDS rallies to Mardi Gras festivals and drama serials to the Australian Transsexual Association program, with a mix of music, talkback, news and event and group listings. At the um, at a time when mainstream media rarely covered LGBT issues positively and when LGBT print media was most published in uh, monthly programs like Gay Waves, oh, sorry. And when LGBT print media was mostly published monthly, programs like Gay Waves were a vital news source for the Sydney LGBT community. Unusually for community radio, significant holdings of Gay Waves are held by the NFSA, State Library of New South Wales, and the Australian Queer Archives. So just wanted to say I think that's really cool and I'm glad we've got that um, historically um, preserved somewhere. Them News reports, a new study has shown that transgender youth experience their gender identities just as strongly and clearly as their cisgender peers. Published this November by a team of, youth, by a team of University of Washington researchers, the paper is one of the largest scientific inquiries to date into the social construction and experience of gender in youth. Researchers followed a total of 822 children aged 3 to 12 uh, from, from the United States of Canada, 317 of whom were trans and, a hun- a hun- and 189 of their cisgender siblings, along along with 316 other cisgender children as a control. Their results point to a simple, though undeniably significant conclusion, believe trans kids. It's April, even amid ongoing backlash against his latest transphobic comedy special. The streaming giant announced the lineup for the Netflix is a joke comedy festival on Monday in a press release. It will take place in venues across LA from April 28 to May 8 and consists of over 130 artists, including an event builders Dave Chappelle and Friends, who will be performing at the Hollywood Bowl. The the Chappelle show is conveniently placed just below the lineup for Standout, an LGBTQ plus celebration, which is described as an all-star night of entertainment, with nearly two dozen LGBTQ plus comedians, including Eddie Izzard, Patty Harrison, Margaret Cho, and Wanda Sykes. Despite this attempt at pinkwashing, Netflix's response to the backlash against Chappelle's latest special remains fresh in many LGBTQ plus viewers' minds. In October, the streamer released The Closer, a new special from Chappelle that was widely criticised by LGBTQ plus people, especially trans people, for countless transphobic jokes that included him professing to be on team turf, defending JK Rowling and claiming that gender is, quote, a fact, among many others a content warning for mentions of um, conversion therapy, although the story itself is positive. The Daily Oz reports the Canadian government has introduced legislation to ban conversion therapy. If passed, the law would mean no person could participate in conversion therapy, regardless of consent. Canada's Minister for Women and Gender uh, Equality and Youth, Marcy Ian, told a press conference the proposed legislation will be, quote, among the most comprehensive in the world, end quote. It comes after a 2020 report in, to the United Nations called, uh, called for a global ban on conversion therapy. The author of the report, Victor Madrigal Belors, said these interventions are, quote, inherently degrading and discriminatory and, uh, inherently degrading and discriminatory and rooted in the belief that LGBT persons are somehow inferior and that they must at any cost modify their orientation or identify or identity to remedy that supposed inferiority, end quote. 
Cool. So that was our news whip. If you had any distress or concerns from that, please call Lifeline at 131114, QLife at 1800 184527, Kids Helpline at 1800 1800. Uh, you're listening to Loud and Queer. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with um, some news on the Queer Solidarity Film Festival. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Scene with your host Bailey and Liz. You're jumping into our first free range topic, talking about the um, Queer Solidarity Film Festival. Um, so, just for a bit of context behind that, um, the, the Queer Solidarity Film Festival aired yesterday, and the festival was in response to the Melbourne Queer Film Festival's lack of Arabic speaking and Muslim representation, and in protest of the multiple Israel-based films which protesters labelled as pinkwashing due to the country's role in oppressing the Palestinian people. Yeah, um, so it's obviously quite complicated um, in terms of our summary is obviously not a full um, rundown of, of the actual yeah, protest it's a very, very and light, why uh, this yeah. war has come up. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought we might read a little bit from... Um, the Instagram, it's called at Solidarity Film Festival. Um, it was organized just with, um, films that had, um, directors had withdrawn their films from MQFF because they didn't want to, they, they wanted to, um, protest and boycott based on, um, the, yeah, like heavy amount of Israeli films, which are featured in MQFF. And I've definitely noticed that those, like Israeli films do feature very prominently in the festival in previous um, lineups and in this lineup. Um, and yeah, so I'll just read a little bit of their statement. Um, so, so it says, earlier this year, Human Rights Watch confirmed what Palestinians have known for generations. Israel is an apartheid state. The state of Israel adopts many tools and tactics to mask their brutal regime over Palestinians and the continued theft of land resources and denial of Palestinian human rights. It continues, pinkwashing is one of these tactics. Pinkwashing is the practice of promoting the state of Israel as a queer-friendly idol and Palestinians as an inherently intolerant and backward people. It continues with pinkwashing originated with Brand Israel, an initiative of the Israeli Foreign Ministry to mend Israel's tarnished image in 2005. In 2010, the Israeli Foreign Minister allocated over $26 million uh, US to this campaign. As part of this, the Israeli government only funds artists and creative institutions that paint Israel in a positive light. Um, So this kind of... um, is a policy written into to the Israeli government's um, giving out of grant money to artists. Mm-hmm. So um, when you get a contract with the Israeli government um, with one of these grants or um, funding, you have to sign two clauses that declare, one, I will not undermine the policies of the state of Israel, and two, I will do my best to serve the policies of the state of Israel. And the Solidarity Film Festival has said this is state propaganda and by airing all of these um, 
films, these Israeli films, MQFF has been a part of spreading propaganda and pinkwashing Israel despite, you know, um, the marginalisation that um, Israel's government and army has inflicted on Palestinian people, particularly in um, contested territories. And I, I don't want to speak too much on this because I'm not the most educated person, but I hope that's given a bit of um, an outline of what is going on. In, in, from MQFF's point of view, they didn't directly address the protesters' demands in any press releases that I received. I'm on their press mm. list. Um, but in the days leading up to the festival, they did release media statements highlighting um, the diversity of their lineup. So I think that was a bit of their counter. Um, yeah. Yeah, like response was to say, look at all these other diverse things. We might not have Palestinian films on here, but we have a bunch of others. But they didn't, um, yeah, address the fact that they had so many Israeli directors um, on this lineup or past lineups. So, um, yeah, for, for this reason, um, there were a few filmmakers that withdrew their films from MQFF, including Hayes director Meg Duncan, lesbian postmortem director Brianna Freckleton, Let Me Love You director Luna Gorzen, uh, Fireworks director Sam McGowan, Coming Out director Cressa Maeve Beer, Per directors John T. Knight and Atundati Thando, Intimate partner director Ari Tampa Bolan, La Tensauna director Sarah Gasali, and Dear Mum and Dad director Willie Law. Um, like, it is really good to see, like, all these, um, like, directors and everything standing in support of, like, Palestine in this regard. Like, I think it really would have been, like, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, obviously, when it comes to arranging these sort of film festivals, but I really feel like it would not have been hard just to, like, even, like, address that, hey, we've made a mistake here's us trying to do better and include more Palestinian films in the lineup. Like I obviously like, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes there and like the logistics of that and everything, but just from an outsider perspective, I feel like it wouldn't be too hard just to even just admit fault there and take the steps to do yeah, better. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really key. I think it just would have been a really good time ahead of this festival for that director to say, Hey, actually, as MQFF really gets big, um, now's the time for us to look at being a lot more inclusive and being more careful with the programming we put out there. Um, like queer Israeli stories yeah, exactly. aren't something that um, should be discounted, but if they're a part of government propaganda, then that kind of paints things with a different light you know what I mean if there's an Israeli director or Mm. a Jewish director I know those things are separate um and have their own nuances but um I think you know we're not saying we can't tell those stories but we're just saying that obviously Israel the state has been an oppressive force and um Palestinian voices should be given the chance to shine as well mm, exactly it's like it's important that like like I think it's always also important as well just like being aware of like when you are watching films and everything like there always will be like like there always will be stuff behind the scenes to be aware of so just things like that mm-hmm. where it's like if it does have like 
ties to Israel, like keep in mind, like how is it portraying it? And did the movie receive funding by the Israeli government? Are they portraying it strictly in a good light? Like, I was just saying, like the that the whole idea behind like Israel funding strictly things that like only like portray it in a positive light. It really reminds you of also like the Pentagon, same sort of funding mm, program. Yeah. Because, like, fun media fact, because, of course, I'm going into mm-hmm. media facts, um, but, like, any sort of, like, films that you watch that sort of portray the American military, like, if it's got the American, American military in it at all and it's portraying it possibly nine times out of ten, it's because it was funded by the American military. Yeah. Because they have actually a program where they can fund, like, films and lend use of, like, certain bases and everything and, like, mm-hmm. equipment and everything for those shots. That um, they get because, like, it's portraying them in a good light. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's just, like, that's just mainly, like, one big example of that. But, like, that's also with, like, the Israeli government and everything. Keep that in mind because, like, that's very, it's very evident there. <laughs> Um, but I will shout out Sarah Gasali's film uh, La Tansana, which translates in English to Don't Forget Us. Um, she's a SIN member and has been for a very long time. She's the co-founder of Refugees on Air, the podcast. She's very, very cool. Um, and she is the writer and director of La Tansana. And I'll just see if I can find her... Um, summary of the film to let you all know about it oh definitely Um, it looks really good yeah but I'm sure if if you know we're just going to have a quick blurb about it um but obviously go check out uh, refugees on air it's probably one of the best podcast well I want to play favorites (laughs) but it's an amazing (laughs) podcast on sin and yeah I'll just read her quote here in Nam screening 10 short films and one feature have pulled out a Melbourne Queer Film Festival as solidarity for the Palestinian community. I'll read from this article on The Brag um, by Connor Lockery. Go check out the full article, but I'll just read a little bit of a spiel from there. Um, So La Tansana is an emotional Australian film about a refugee who was denied asylum, and it was shortlisted on the Real Oz End Film Festival as well, so that's pretty cool. Um, so the English and Arabic film follows Noor, a newly arrived refugee who's seeking asylum in Australia, hoping to escape persecution to live his life freely on safer lands. The sincere drama brings to the screen the real journey that millions of refugees, migrants and asylum seekers undergo each year in order to exercise their human right to seek asylum. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there, but definitely go check out, um, like Sarah's work go check Mm. out um more on this topic and you can follow at Solidarity Film Festival on Instagram if you want to read more um and at MQFF maybe it's time to start thinking about your programming Mm. (laughs) Um, I've really appreciated um and this is a bit of a disclaimer as a conflict of interest kind of thing but I have been given tickets to review films at MQFF before um one of them was very pro-Israel it was an Israeli film and Mm. it did make a lot of like it did make Palestine the butt of a lot of jokes and I didn't realize the policy at the time I went to see it um that yeah filmmakers in Israel 
can only portray Israel in a positive light. Um, and it really fed into a lot of odd um, stereotypes and damaging stereotypes. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, it's wild to me just how, like, that it's so deeply in set in that and everything, like, for the longest time, like, when I first mm. heard about it and everything when I was much younger, the way I was told about it was just that they were both, like, just, like, there was just a lot of disagreements about who, like, who the land really belonged to mm. and everything and that was just kind of all I was told so like in just my head it was just like lots of like fighting and arguing over it not just like this horrific oppression mm. yeah. yeah there's this kind of domination because Israel has so much more power behind it than yeah Palestine. exactly it's, it's wild to me when I realized I was just like oh my god yeah but we'll leave it there um there are much more informed um people on it than us and you should go read their work and and find out more for yourself um yeah if any of this um caused you concern please call q life at 1-800-184-527 or lifeline on one three double one one four. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. You're here with Bailey and Liz. Um, we're going to just have a bit of a, a wrap up of this year. It's our final episode for the year. Can you um, believe that? I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone so quickly. It has. Yeah, it's so, so wild to Blown me. by. Um, but I thought we'd start with like a positive thing, um, which is just our biggest wins. So, Liz, what what were some of your big wins this year? <laughs> um, well, I think, like, I really enjoyed, like, well, we just played this song when I really enjoyed the interview I did with Desire Maria. That mm. was a – I really absolutely loved that interview. And I think, um, like, if you go back in some of the podcasts, um, when I got nominated for the Sin Awards and I found out on the podcast. Yeah, true. Oh, true. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. Uh, by the way, congrats to Xenia for winning the for winning like mm-hmm. that category at the Sin Awards. Yeah, um, Xenia is very talented. Oh, a hundred percent. She deserved it. Big deserve, but also you definitely deserve that nomination. And <laughs> just really proud of everyone at Sin. Everyone who has done anything at Sin. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, actually, um, I directed the live stream for. All right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was very hectic. By the way, to anyone that was listening, um, the audio disappearing on like two of the cameras. That was not my fault. We had no idea why that was happening. (laughs) We were freaking out behind the cameras. There was a lot of running around. (laughs) No worries. I'm sure it was fine. Yeah, no, but that was that was definitely a highlight. That was a lot of fun Mm. working on that. Um, and just like. Just seeing all the talent and all the hosts like coming out and like Mm. working on like seeing because there's so many shows that are a part of sin and like just seeing them all get recognized and appreciated for all the hard work that they all the like all that the hosts have put in is so it's so amazing definitely it's really good um my biggest wins Sticking with this show as well as we have 
it's like been a really tough year for getting people to stay interested I think particularly in Melbourne with the lockdown um it's been really tough and I think just like we've put out some and with Sammy as well um in season three and a bit in season two I believe putting out like some really cool interviews and reviews and just making this show entertaining and highlighting a bunch of amazing talent um I think your interview with Desire um my interview with like Kyle Wilson and then our joint interview with Prudence most recently um really just great I really enjoyed them oh all. yeah um and there were a bunch more interviews as well and they were great um but those ones stick out a bit um 100%. I loved the Kyle Wilson interview like he was amazing yeah he was just like a great person to listen to and I love hearing people ruminate about their ideas during interviews because <laughs> they're oh, yeah. so like in their head in like a really creative way and I like that um oh yeah well like for fun fact about that mm. and everything like because like I've mentioned it before and everything but like I've worked a lot with the RMITV show The Leak mm. and during that time when we did that when you did that interview with Kaya um we were in the middle of season nine and we were struggling to get someone to come on for an interview for one of our episodes and my friend who was the producer of the show at that time Erin she messaged me and she was just like that was an amazing interview that 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 you ha- that you guys had with Kaya. Um, can I get his contact information? <laughs> I would love to have him on the leak. Yeah, and yeah, we ended up like yeah, like I asked you for the information, and we ended up talking with Kaya, and like we got him on the leak as well. And it was just like he was, he's just so lovely to talk to. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a really cool guy. Um, and kind of. A nice like because you know this is a, a youth show um and Kai is oh, like yeah. I think in his later 20s and has um is really successful and seems like a very um content kind of person and someone who's mm. really creative and I think a great role model for um like queer youth to look up to and not someone you know so much older that you can't relate as well I always liked oh, that about him um and yeah, another big win I had was getting my job, my first yes. job as a journalist. I'm so happy for you for that. Like you, like well, I remember all our talks. Like the biggest like stress at that time was like obviously your move and getting your your vegetable garden all organized. <laughs> it was really tough. Um, and yeah, I I feel like I've just grown a lot in this time, and that's been important um and yeah I also got into a master's program for next year as well oh my god congratulations thank you so I found out about that very recently and I'm very excited so I might be doing that but I I have no like set I haven't committed to anything yet so we're gonna see yeah yeah no fair enough fair enough Mm. but that's so cool yeah um, I think also one like quick like also win to mention mm. just because Sammy's not here, but um the amazing uh like mixtape episode like sort of episode show that we did with all of their um music that they get, like made for us and everything like mm. 
that was amazing. I loved that. Yeah, that was a really cool. So Sammy um, obviously cannot like like depart from us without a bit of a bang. So when they had to step back from Loud and Queer, they um, organized a synth show where we just discussed like different synth artists and how that related to queerness and the amazing creator of the synthesizer, um, Wendy Carlos, and she's a trans woman. She's very cool and you should go read about her. Um, and also made us a really cool DJ mix as well. So two weeks of absolute <laughs> synth bangers and it was a great time. Yeah, that was – I love that time. Like, mm. oh, I, I keep thinking of other ones, but, like, the other ones I really enjoyed as well were the collaborations. Mm. Like, I loved the collaboration that you and I did with Asian Pop Nation. Yeah. That was that was great. I loved that. Yeah. And I loved the little collaboration that Sammy and I did with Panorama. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome to see and we should have had more. Like we have to, you know, always be connecting with our other shows. But, yeah, um, you know, you two both did great with those and, um, yeah, the Asian Pop Nation one was really fun and I really appreciated all their time when I was – I'd just moved here and I really appreciate that they gave us um, some grace on, like, me particularly not being very (laughs) organised. (laughs) um with that so yeah just a big love to them um yeah 100 like just big love to like so many of the other shows that Mm. sin works on and everything like Mm. obviously listen to us we're amazing um but (laughs) like definitely like if you have a chance definitely go check out all those other shows check out asian pop nation check out panorama check out uh sin hip-hop uh get cereal I think this one or is that um, yeah get cereal mm-hmm. um like so many of them they're all so so good mm-hmm. I just highly recommend them all you can check them all out on all the streaming services um and on the sin website it's a really good place to start oh, 100% um, what are your goals for next year what are you going to get involved in I'm thinking about doing more podcasting what are you going to do definitely want to get involved in a lot more and everything because like I just finished wrapping up, uh, like, again, going back to League for a sec, like, I just finished wrapping up producing the last season. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'd love to go more doing more film work, but definitely also getting more into, like, more podcasty sort of stuff because I'm part of the, like, SIN members Facebook group and like, so many applications keep coming in and, you know, I probably should jump on and do some more of those. Mm-hmm. Always staying with Loud and Queer, though. Never given up this show. <laughs> Oh, well, you can, you know, always take a break, always try new things. Oh, no, like, I love the show. Like, I love I love talking with you and doing all this stuff. It's been so much fun. Like, because, like, mm. honestly, like, when I first joined, I joined this show kind of on a whim. Like, I saw the mm. application come in from you and I was like, you know what? Why not? First show, <laughs> give it a shot, see how it goes. And, yeah, well, look where we are now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we've come a long way, I think, with our presenting as well. I think um, we have a really nice dynamic and um, we get through our newsreads a little bit easier than we used to, so it's good. Well, thank you for putting up with me just not knowing how to speak half the time. I think that's just Saturday mornings, Liz. <laughs> fair enough, um, fair enough. Yeah, I think my goals will just be like stay involved with Sin. I'm not applying for a producer role. Um, it's a big role so 
yeah, after two years of producing, I'm going to step back and I'm going to hopefully just focus on some podcasting or maybe um, join a show just as a host or um, backup contributor. Yeah, Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep it simple. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, it's it's exciting to see what's going to come in the future now and everything like Mm. Like I've loved, like I have loved working on this show this year. So it'll be good to see what more, like what more we have to look forward to in the future. What more is to come Mm. in regards to like, I guess like with media in general, seeing what comes our way and things we can talk about. Hopefully, more good things. Yeah, definitely. I really hope so. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. You're here with Bailey and Liz, and we're into our last segment of the year. How scary. Um, I I don't even know what to say. Froth or not, it's it's our last froth or not. <laughs> what are you frothing, Liz? I don't know. I guess, like, s- keeping it just, like, I guess, lighthearted and everything. Like, I've been seeing all the hype. So I finally started watching Arcane on Netflix, and... Nice. Yeah, you know what? The hype is real. I get the hype. It is really good. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I've always seen, like, League of Legends stuff, and I've always been, like, the stories behind it all and all the characters seems really cool, but the style mm. of gameplay is just something I am so adamantly against. So I was like, no, I want nothing to do with it, yet I would still, like, watch <laughs> all the animation and cinematics that would come out for the game because, God... They need to pay the animators that work there so much more. I don't know what they pay them. They yeah. probably pay them a, like if they do pay them a fair wage, good on them. But if even so, they deserve more. They do so well. <laughs> so, like everyone's been lauding and being like, "Hey, you should make a series because you've got good stories and great animation. Like you would do really well." And they finally went like, "Okay, we'll do that." Yeah, <laughs> good oh, on nice. them for that. <laughs> That's good. It's good to hear when that happens. Um, yeah, my froth is similar, also watching something, but it's a rewatch. Oh, yeah? I am rewatching Transparent, Ooh. and I am aware of the controversy around the show, so I'm not going to go into that because it just was like a thing that shaped me when I was first realizing I was non binary. And rewatching it, I'm realizing how early they embedded like Ali being non binary in it. Oh, and at the start when I first watched it and I wasn't really aware of what non-binary meant or was or whatever um I like and this was probably three or four years ago I thought that um like they just introduced it in the fourth season just for funsies like they didn't think about doing it ahead of time or anything like that but like as I'm re-watching it I'm like oh this is really like this person is (laughs) non-binary like right from the first episode you know that like Ali is a really out of place person doesn't seem to fit into womanhood in a lot of ways and doesn't seem to get womanhood and just feels like it's a, a thing you throw on like a sweater that yeah it doesn't fit right and it was just really interesting to go back and watch but I also just 
I love all the characters for all of their flaws and all of their arcs and um yeah and the like soundtrack is great so yeah, that's fair enough <laughs> like sure like there like mm. there can be like there is controversy with the show but at the same time it's like it's a source of comfort and you like looking mm. you can look back on it now with like new knowledge and sort of take your instruments like you're saying just like just from then like you're seeing just like yeah. how like Ali's characters like you see from the get-go like with your like the new experience you've got now is being like oh no yeah they're non-binary <laughs> yeah yeah and like I think that's always a fun <laughs> thing to do like going back and re-watching shows is always something fun in my opinion because you look at it with just that new you can look at it with a fresh pair of eyes yeah. and just more experience and it's always fun when you do that yeah I do love a rewatch. I do tend to love them, um, particularly with shows that are very introspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any knots this week? Ooh. Well, I've got one knot, the knot that this is ending, but just for mm. the year and stuff like that. But that'll be sad. That's sad to me. But at the same time, like, nothing too mm. big. Like, otherwise, like, you know, big sorry yawning henceforth um being tired (laughs) from work and staying up later than I should have last night but that's just kind of a regular knot from me so it's like oh what a surprise Liz is tired (laughs) we're gonna have to start getting our listeners to like tell you off seriously they tell me off they've got to tell you off too they're gonna be like at sin loud Liz needs to go to bed (laughs) Liz needs a nap. Um, <laughs> um, my knot is that Aaron Dick is moving on from being our content coordinator oh, yeah. at Sin. Yeah, they're moving on to, I'm not sure what yet, um, but finishing up at the end of the year. And I just want to say, Aaron, thank you so much for everything. I'm actually going to get emotional. Um, even though, like, because of COVID, like I got most involved at Sin during COVID. So I haven't spent like a whole lot of time with Erin, but just having their support and their like enthusiasm, not just for the job, which must have been hard to sustain at times with COVID, yeah. but also with um, just just caring about all the volunteers. I really, yeah. I appreciate you so much, Erin, and we're going to miss you. And I know you're not leaving, leaving, but, yeah, it'll be – you're irreplaceable. Yeah, we'll, we'll That's really you around. You're, you're the irreplaceable Erin Dick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, best of luck with everything in your future, Erin. 100%. If you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I agree there. Like, yeah. You've done a lot for this show. Like, I don't think I've, like, properly really talked with you much because obviously lockdowns and not really going in. But at the same time, like, mm. you know, sad to see you go. You've done a lot of good for Sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's wrap it I up. I think so. But, yeah, I guess, like, well, thank you guys for listening today. We had, um, obviously, we just had our froth or not we had a great little little wrap-up discussion about the year we talked a bit about the queer solidarity film festival that happened yesterday and of course our news with if you want to reach out to us at talk about anything that we talked about on the show or yell at me to go to bed 
Um, <laughs> you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud. That's at S-Y-N Loud, all loud and clear on Facebook. And if you want to check out this podcast or any of our previous podcasts throughout this year, or like the previous years as well, a lot of quiz been going on for a while, um, mm. you're more than welcome to have a listen to them on our, any of your major podcast streaming services. So that would be Omi, Spotify, Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to us, whether you're just tuning in for this last five minutes or if you've been listening for the whole year, we appreciate your interest. Um, If you want to listen to any of the absolute tunes that we've played on the show in 2021, go to Spotify, follow the Loud and Queer Mixtape 2021. It is memorialized on that playlist. and I can't hype what's on next week because there's no next week but we love you all and we will see you in the new year in whatever roles we have in whatever projects we're doing we'll keep you updated thank you guys Um, for listening and we will see you next year thank you bye bye ugh